Hello, everybody. Welcome in this room. Hello online. How's everybody doing? You guys are here. You made it. You made it. You're the faithful. You guys are awesome. My name is Ben Rosenbush. I'm the, I serve here as the creative pastor, as Clint mentioned. It's so good to be with you guys today. I hope that you had an amazing Christmas. Hope that it was full of merriment and cheer and restfulness and maybe just one of those. You know, you, sometimes you gotta pick one of those because uh, mine was not so restful, but full of merriment, right? So, but hey, whatever you've experienced, I'm so glad that you are in this room, that you're online tuning in. I hope that today you just sense a bit of joy and sense a bit of peace and rest in this place, but even more so just that you would hear the voice of God speaking to you in this new year, something that you wanna carry with you for the whole year. And it is New Year's Day today, right? This is the day that we come with so many uh, things rising up within us. We wanna have new outlooks for the year. Maybe we're trying on new habits, right? We have what's called resolutions. Anybody did that? Maybe you set a resolution and you already broke it before you came in. It's okay, don't worry about it. We're, gonna, we're just gonna get a new track right after this. It's Mulligan, take, take another one. Uh, but we come to New Year's with that kind of mentality. We want to become new. We want to experience some kind of transformation and change within our lives. And this time of year, we always kind of feel that. I certainly do. So I thought it'd be fun to start off today with somebody who put that into words. This is a poem from the 1800s. I dug deep, okay? This is a New Year's poem by Alfred Lord Tennyson. And I want to read it because I think it really crystallizes some language for us about this desire that we have in the new year to become new. So check it out. It's like 12 stanzas long. I'm only going to read four, okay? So hang in there, okay? Ring out wild bells to the wild sky. The flying cloud, the frosty light, the year is dying in the night. Ring out wild bells and let them die. Ring out the old, ring in the new. Ring happy bells across the snow. The year is going, let him go. Ring out the false, ring in the true. Ring out old shapes of foul disease. Ring out the narrowing lust of gold. Ring out the thousand wars of old. Ring in the thousand years of peace. Ring in the valiant man and free the larger heart, the kindlier hand. Ring out the darkness of the land. Ring in the Christ that is to be. Those are some good words, I thought. You guys feeling it? <laughs> Those are some words about becoming new. And, and Tennyson wrote that in a time of grief. He wrote it because his friend um, Arthur Hollam had passed away. And this was not just a dear friend, it was also the fiance to his sister. It would have been a family member for him. And he passed away that year and he wrote this poem because he needed to heal. He wanted to become new. He wanted to experience some newness, to, to let go of what was, carrying on the memory, but letting go of the pain and becoming new in this way. I wanted to start a poem off because that is also how Paul starts the book of Colossians. He puts a poem in the first chapter, and it's actually a hymn that the early church would sing, and I think this language in uh, Colossians crystallizes this desire to become new and shows the pathway for it. I'm gonna read it for you, 
And I want you to even, even close your eyes, even online too, close your eyes and just take these words in. They're not gonna be on the screen and see what your heart might catch and just see how the reality is made new in Christ so that we can be made new as well. Take this in from, from Colossians 1. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Corinthians 1, 15 through 20. Now that's a poem, right? <laughs> Can you hear it in there? This is the reality that's won for us in Christ, reconciling all things, all of creation in him. This is a newfound reality that has changed our life forever. Changed the world. It's a reality that we live from. And I think this, this is how it's possible to actually become new how the words of Tennyson to ring out the darkness of the land and ring in the Christ that is to be is actually made possible. So today, I wanna give you the bold invitation to live from that reality that I just read and to become who you are. More specifically, to become who you are in Christ. To live out and from this reality into who he is calling you to be. And there's two paths for this that we're gonna see in Corinthians 2. They're like two movements of this journey that we're on. There's a movement upward and a movement downward, and the movement upward is to receive Christ in a particular way. And then the second is to be rooted in him. These are the two movements of this journey of becoming who you are in Christ. So let's take that journey together, okay? After Paul incorporates this hymn, he kind of lands it on the nose for our beginning place on this journey, our first foot. This is what Christ has done, and this is where we get to begin because of what he's done. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now, but now, he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. This is our new found starting place on our journey to becoming who we are in Christ that he's given us. But the task is for us is to receive it in a particular way. Now, some of the things I'm saying are going to be simple sounding, but they are profound spiritual realities that if you get a hold of in your life, you're gonna be different on the other side. You're gonna become who you are in Christ. So what is it to receive? What I mean by this is to intentionally do so, to activate this reality that we read in your life, for it to become real. 
Like the psalmist said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Or Paul says in another letter, I wanna take hold of that which has taken hold of me. I wanna reach out and take that thing that has reached out and grabbed me, okay? That's how we receive. And we see this in Colossians 2.6. This is kind of our central verse that we're gonna journey through and we'll see later, verse seven. So then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, as you activate this new reality that's in him, continue to live your lives in him. Live in the Greek can also be translated as walk. So in a sense, this is to receive, to take hold this thing, this becoming from this dark place he's given us as being reconciled and walk it out, live it out, okay? And I wanna invite us to think about this as a movement upward, that Jesus invites us out of our sin, upward out of that and into this becoming in Christ, becoming new, the real pathway for that. But how do we receive then, what's the mechanism for this, the spiritual mechanism for that and walking out? I would say there's two steps, okay? Two steps for this receiving that we need to do. And there are words that are common to us, but I wanna dive deeper into them. They're faith and grace. To receive from God, we have to have faith in who God is and in what God has done. There's a believing that he's able to make us new because of what he's done. We actually move our will into believing, God, I believe what you're saying here. And the grace, the second step here, is to receive the gift, the salvation of it. But grace is also two-pronged. It's not just receiving the gift, but it's also receiving the power of the gift. It's receiving the becoming new and the power to make you new. Grace not only saves us, it sustains us. Grace, we receive the power of God to become new and then it comes active in us. So to receive, as you receive from Christ, we do this by faith, or sorry, by grace through faith, it says in Ephesians. By grace through faith, okay? Now let me give us a little illustration of how this upward movement is kind of working and with faith and grace, okay? And hopefully this will kind of connect for us. I was on a recent adventure with my dad and two brothers. We decided to climb Mount Sopris. Now, it's not like a huge, huge mountain. It's not like a 14er that a lot of people, maybe maybe you've climbed a 14er. This is like a 13-something thing, you know, but it's, it's got a lot of elevation from peak to summit. We had to trek, and we're not like super in shape, but, you know, we, but we did this thing, okay? Why did we do this thing? Which is the natural question. We wanted to have what we were calling a marker trip. Each of us had something significant happen in 2022 that we wanted to make a marker trip for. We were becoming new in some capacity. I just turned 40, I know I don't look it, in, in July. My dad was retiring, my brother Josh was graduating with his MBA, and my brother Dan just got married. These big moments in life that we wanted to have a marker trip of, okay, this is where we've been, this is where we're going. 
So what we did was this. We, at the base of the mountain, we grabbed a little pebble and we tried to find the smallest one so it would not add to our weight as much. <laughs> and this was to symbolize what, where we had been. And we we're gonna carry that to the summit and then leave that there. Then we we're gonna find another rock that was gonna symbolize the invitation of who we were becoming, where we felt God was calling us to go. And we we're gonna take that with us. And that one's still on my desk today. So that was our marker trip. But we met some hazards along the way. We met something that was called scree. Do you know what scree is? We didn't know. Scree is like all this broken rock that, you know, uh, that a lot of mountains might be um, covered in. And I'm gonna give you a little snapshot, a little video. This is what scree looks like and, and as you're climbing up. So none of us died, okay? We're all, we're all still here. But we felt like we were gonna die as we are walking up this, all this broken rock, and you can't hear it right now, maybe you can hear it online, but it's just these rushing winds. Here's a panoramic view, there's a summit. I think you're gonna see my, my brother Dan man climbing up behind me, and uh, my brother Josh and dad down there. So this is what we were climbing up, scree, okay? And uh, here's another picture too of just the individuals involved. There's my brother Dan, Josh, they're actually both here today. Hello, shout out to you guys. My dad and, uh, and, my, and myself. And here's another shot too of what it looked like up there. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. So this was our marker trip. We had lots of rocks, as you could see, to choose from to take down. So, <laughs> so we did that. But I'm telling you this. There was a moment, a very distinct moment in the middle of that trek where I was thinking we are not gonna make it, right? You know, there's people that are trekking up way faster than we were, we're slogging up, huffing, puffing. And I prayed in that moment, I mean, I just, I just went, for, went for it, and I said, God, give us the grace. We came all this way, I wanna do this safely, and I wanna do this, you know, and make this, because I, I wanna have this marker moment, you know? Um, and in that moment, Grace came, and this is where the analogy comes. Grace came in the form of this mindset. Instead of thinking about myself climbing up the mountain by my own effort, a mindset came that the summit is actually pulling me up toward it. And I just began to, to bury that in my mind and hold on to it. It was a grace given. And here's what happened, is that the mindset actually had the power to produce a new reality in me. I felt an energy, a lift. I was like moving up. And it's from something I didn't have before. That's a picture of grace. This mindset came, I'm being pulled up. It was like almost like a rope tied to my chest and I was being pulled up like this. And it was the power to produce the reality it promised. In the same way, God gives us the grace, the gift to become new, and the power to produce the reality of that promise. God gives you the gift of becoming new and then makes you new. Now, faith had a role too. Faith, we had to actually believe there was a summit to reach. We had to actually believe that we are gonna make it, right? And so in this way, faith and grace operate in receiving the good gift God wants us to have in becoming new in him. So it was by grace, through faith, these two steps on the journey. We have a yes that we give to God initially, right? We have a first yes. 
And that's one that is eternal and stays forever. But we also have this everyday yes that we give to God. This yes that God, I wanna receive. I wanna move upward into this call to become who I am in you. And we also have this everyday yes to be rooted. To be rooted in that reality, a movement downward. So we have a receiving, moving upward, and we have rooted, moving downward into this reality that it might genuinely become who we are. Um, let's look at the full verse of uh, six and seven here, and we'll find this rooted encouragement from Paul. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live, walk your lives in him, rooted, built up, and strengthened in the faith as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. So we're called to root in this reality that we receive so that it would become us. There are two snake plants in my life at the moment. You may not know and remember what a snake plant is. There's one snake plant in my house and there's one snake plant here in my office at Westwood. I'm gonna show you the one at Westwood here. So this is a snake plant. You might have one at home. You didn't even know it was a snake plant. You're very welcome. But this one is doing super well. It's living its best life. It's like grown 50% or, well, I should say 100% more, so it's half of itself by the time I got it. It loves the leftover coffee I give it. It loves the window it's in. But the one at my house is looking pretty shabby. It's just sad. It's, you know... I think things are falling off of it and it's just a couple shoots. I should have brought a picture, but it's a sad plant. It's a Charlie Brown snake plant, <laughs> right? So I know, I know. I love Charlie Brown. Um, here's the thing. It has a bad root system, right? You know, the, you know the thing. One, it's the tail of two snake plants. One's rooted well, one is not rooted well. And this is the principle of roots, that what is invisible below manifests as life above. What is invisible below manifests as life above or a lack of it. The plant at my work here at Westwood is thriving because of the roots that it has. The one at home is dwindling and needs some help because it doesn't have that root system. We're called a root in this reality that God has given us as well so that we might have life manifesting in our own life. You know, and we talk about that in the Bible as the fruit, the fruit that shows up. So how do we then root in Christ? How are we gonna now do that? Uh, the steps that we take to root in Christ are really to become a disciple. And that's what it really means to become who you are in Christ, is to be a disciple. And the practical path for that is to embrace spiritual practices in your life. Spiritual practices meaning habits. What we repeatedly do is who we become. And so if we have these habits of spiritual practice before in our lives, that is gonna act to mature our root systems so that we might root in this reality that we receive in Christ. Now I could go a long way here talking about spiritual practices because there's so many good ones for us to do that really help give life to our life. But I'm just gonna mention three. Well, a personal one, a one-to-one, -one, and a group one, okay? Just for us as we embark on the new year and maybe one of these really strikes home for you. And this first one, I'm just gonna um, 
call it is prayer. We wanna invite you to pray this year in a way that is robust, that this might become a way of life for you. Now, you might already pray. Keep on praying and go deeper into it, okay? You might not pray. Begin today. Prayer is not just talking at God, right? It's, this is a real conversation we're having. It's a relational reality in which we're listening, in which we're speaking, and it's really in a an abiding relationship. This is, the, this is the mode in which we really receive from God, is prayer. So I wanna encourage you just, just in a practical way, simple way, in your moment that you're experiencing, invite prayer into that. Maybe it's a moment of worry. Pray right then. Pray, God, give me the grace right now to have some peace. Maybe you're experiencing a moment of joy. You're just grateful. Say a prayer, thank you. Let that grow deep. Thank you for this moment. Maybe you need help. You don't have the wisdom you need right then. Pray, God, give this to me. This is the way, the conduit in which we receive from God and the way that he transforms us. Richard Foster has a great quote about this. He talks about how we are changed in prayer. To prayer, to pray is to change. Prayer is the central avenue God uses to transform us. If we are unwilling to change, we will abandon prayer as a noticeable characteristic in our life. We just won't do it. The closer we come to the heartbeat of God, the more we see our need and the more we desire to be conformed to Christ. Prayer is the avenue of becoming. It is the practice of the disciple. Abide in prayer this year. Just invite it. Just, just invite it into your everyday, your everyday yes. And watch your root system grow. Second practice I want to put before us is guidance. God puts people in our life, individuals who have this gift of wisdom and discernment that really help us in those moments when we need that. God speaks through specific people in our life. Also pray for that. I was so glad for my brother Dan in this way because he's the only one that really studied the map for Mount Sopras and he's the only one that brought a GPS. So we might still be up there if it wasn't for him. But he was acting as that guide right? He was acting as that um, person with us that was offering the wisdom that we needed in the moment. Titus had his Paul, Joshua had his Moses. God has somebody for you too. And here at Westwood, I want to give a specific invitation. We have a team of volunteers who would love to come alongside you and help your discipleship. And if you're interested in that, you can use the avenue of your engagement card, just mark on there that you're interested in one-to-one discipleship. And our team here will prayerfully partner with you to find somebody that's gonna walk alongside you to, to be that guide and that God might use to just encourage your own becoming in Christ. That might be a great next step for your new year, guidance. So mark that on your engagement card if you're interested in that. The third one, I'm just gonna uh, put out there is serving others. This is the way that now we've received so much, now it's time to give out. And the thing about it is, when you give of what God has given to you, more is given to you. (laughs) It's a cup that overflows. 
You can't outgive God in this way. We have this core value at Westwood called rhythm. That with open hands, we gratefully receive from God and joyfully give it away. What God has given to us, what we receive, is never meant to stay with us, but to spread out to others. Serve others and find that joy and watch your roots grow deep. And there's a specific way too here at Westwood that I wanna invite you into that, that really um, can serve others in your community. We're starting what's called geo groups here at Chanhassen. Geo groups has been something that Bush Lake has been doing for the better half of a year. Jackie and I have been a part of one. It's been a real blessing to us. What a geo group is, it's, it's a geographical uh, 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 segment of our Western population, right, a community of people that live in the same area, we gather those people together. So it's multi-generational community in where you live. And these folks that live in the same area, they'll meet together for a meal, share a little Bible study, but also serve their community in some meaningful way. So its heart is missional, its heart is to serve others. So what, what it could, what could it be like for us as a Westwood community to be with our neighbors, our literal neighbors, gathering together and serving that neighborhood? I bet a lot of good's gonna happen out of this. And let me tell you one story about the um, group we're in. <clears throat> this couple in our group has been uh, a real gift to us. They're just so sweet. Um, they wanna be anonymous, so I won't say their name, but they had asked the group to pray with them to, that God would put people in their path with needs and that they would be able to respond. You know, sometimes we have somebody that's in need and we come across and we don't respond. I've been there. But they wanted to have the heart to say, hey, look, we're just gonna be looking for this. Like, God put somebody in our path that, that needs something and, and, and give us the grace to be your conduit of mercy, conduit of grace to them. And this is the text that we got the very next day. <clears throat> From 8.30 this morning till five this evening, God put people with needs in our path. In each situation, he gave us the wisdom needed to help us respond with both grace and truth, thanking God for the way that he enabled us to walk by faith and respond. I think that's a really great crystal picture of serving others, having that heart and just responding in that way. So Geo Groups is all about doing that. If your heart is stirred in that way, we're gonna actually kick off signups next week. So come back um, and we'll, we'll have that over the couple weeks here, but, but sign up for a geo group and, and just see what God's gonna do in your community and how he's gonna use you. So those three paths of rooting, prayer, guidance, serving others, I just wanna put that before us. And maybe one of those, maybe all of them would stir your heart. This path of becoming new is to embrace these processes, these movements up of receiving Christ, receiving what he's done, the reality of a new beginning and then to root deeply in it by the habits that we form within our life. This thing begins and then continues. We don't stop, we press in. And so this is what Paul says then when he comes to Colossians 3. This kind of wraps up this becoming new. It's this encouragement, you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self this one that has been won by Christ, the one with its own new practices, which is being renewed in the image of its creator. This is the encouragement this new year. 
Put on the new self. Receive. Be rooted. Become who you are in Christ. Embracing that new self will change you, change the world in which you abide. That new self will be so dynamic that it will have effect, especially when you understand the new self as whole and free. I was in Africa, Ghana, not too long ago with the Westwood Africa team, the FAR team, and I heard the music of people putting on a new self. We were there to work with the IGM ministry, the International Justice Mission, and what they do in Ghana is they free kids who are literally enslaved on that lake in the fishing industry. They go and free them and um, prosecute those who have enslaved them But then another part is they bring them into an aftercare facility in which they are restored and brought back to who they are meant to be. And at the close of our time, we got the opportunity to go visit one of these aftercare facilities, a place where these kids who've been taken off the lake are given a new self, who are able to be restored, be renewed. And in that moment, it was so impactful for me They had prepared this meeting hall and we were all walking into it and we were met by the sound of a string quartet. It sounded like this. There was a faithful mentor who had been taken off the lake himself long ago who was teaching the kids how to play string instruments and they were playing Pachelbel's Canon. (laughs) This song that we've heard so many times at weddings, right? You know it. And they were playing this, and it was so beautiful in that moment. And it was arresting to me because I felt like there was a wedding taking place right there. I was reminded of Psalm 80.10. Mercy and truth have come together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. This was the wedding of heaven and earth. (laughs) right here, the marriage that God makes possible here, the restoration of all things. Here was the music, the sound of freedom and joy as these children were embracing a new self as freed persons. They were receiving the gift of newness, of becoming new, activating within themselves, dreaming new dreams, playing this music and they were rooting within it each and every day as they learned new things, learned new skills, and became a community. They were becoming new. It was a taste of the restoration of all things that God has promised through Christ that he's begun now when all things will be made new, the marriage of heaven and earth. This is the work that God does in the world. This is the work of God in you, in me. That we might be a place where the new becoming happens. Where the marriage of heaven and earth are happening. As we receive this new reality that Christ has given, that we are reconciled. As we say yes to that. 
as we, with faith and grace, step and walk into it. And as we root into that reality and then life springs up from us for others. This is what we're called to do. Friends, we come to this table today, communion. This place, this symbol of new beginning, unlike anything else. My dad and our, my two brothers, we had stones to symbolize our new becoming on that mountain, but today we have bread and a cup to symbolize, to mark our moment of new beginning. And in a moment, we're gonna sing and we're gonna take that communion. But I wanna encourage you this, that whatever God has spoken to you, that you might say yes to your becoming in Christ, that you might become who you were meant to be. So let's stand and receive from God as we enter in and take these elements. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for who you are, that you are the firstborn of the restoration of all things. God, we thank you that because of what you've done, we can become who you've meant us to be. We thank you, God, that you heal us where we are broken. We thank you that you repair us, that you give us a vision for life that we've never had before. So God, may we receive from you. May we root in you. May we become who we are in Christ. In your name we pray, amen.